Teen Time Presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time Podcast On Demand. This is Teen Time with Alison Howe. Welcome back to the Teen Time Science Blog. I'm Neil Chase. There are some people who still believe that man didn't land on the moon in 1969 and that the pictures, TV coverage and rock samples from that time are all fake. Maybe they might be convinced by new images just sent back from a reconnaissance craft that has been orbiting the moon and sent back pictures of the landing site from one of the lunar missions in the 1960s. Not the Apollo 11 mission that first landed on the moon, but Apollo 12, which landed there in November 1969. Without any wind, rain or atmosphere, nothing has changed on the moon for millions of years. So the new pictures sent back from the camera orbiting the moon have shown the landing site of Apollo 12, including the footprints from the astronauts who walked on the moon at that time. Of course, disbelievers will still put that down to using photo trickery programs like Photoshop. But for those of us who still know that man was on the moon 40 years ago, it's a great reminder of what a huge achievement it was. Meanwhile, the International Space Station orbiting planet Earth last week nearly had a crash. There is a lot of trash that orbits the Earth, mostly from parts of rockets over the last 40 years, but this could cause catastrophic results if any crashed into the space station. NASA does keep an eye on all the orbiting space junk and saw this old 3-metre-long rocket part coming but decided it wasn't a danger as it was likely to miss the space station by at least one kilometre. If it had been closer, then NASA could have shifted the orbit of the space station just a little. If only all astronauts had kept to the take-your-own-trash-home principle in the last 40 years, then there wouldn't be this problem. But that's what happens with disposable rockets. It's easy to overlook some of the most useful inventions over the years, especially if we use them every day. One of the simplest but cleverest inventions in the 1950s was Velcro. The fastener you may have on your shoes or jacket that is one side tiny hooks and one side tiny loops. But now there is a new Super Velcro that is made from steel and although it uses the same principle of loops and hooks, it can hold loads of over 38 tons per square meter. The new Velcro is most suited to anything really heavy where you need to connect and disconnect quickly, so it should be really useful for areas like shipping and goods transportation in particular. The threat of climate change will affect everyone living on planet Earth in the centuries ahead. But one of the strange consequences of global warming might be that your steak won't be as tasty in a hundred years' time. Veterinary scientists say that the quality and taste of the meat we eat depends on if an animal was stressed on its way to the slaughterhouse. A stressed animal produces meat that is less tasty. 
And what does that have to do with global warming? Well, animals like cows and pigs get more stressed in hot weather. So if the planet warms up, then farm animals in general will be less tasty. Well, that's the principle anyway. But of course, this would also happen in a normal summer hot spell, even without global warming. But most food experts do agree that it's a good idea to cut down on eating red meat anyway, or become a vegetarian. All electronics applications need transistors, from the biggest computer to the smallest mobile phone. And a microprocessor in a laptop computer nowadays will have around 1 billion transistors inside. A transistor is basically an electronic switch to encode ones and zeros, which is the language of computers, and they need to be as tiny as possible. Current transistors in chips are about 45 nanometers small, but scientists are hoping for transistors as tiny as 5 nanometers. That is about 20,000 times thinner than a human hair. But can they get even smaller? Current technology suggests not, as you are approaching the size of a single electron. So future transistors may use some type of magnetic switching, or even using the spin of an electron to form the ones and zeros that are required. The technology will advance, and the humble transistor will always be there, even if it will be tinier than ever. I'm Neil Chase, and that's it for the Teen Time Science Blog for this week. See you again next week for more. Teen Time presents Podcast On Demand. Log on to podcast.rthk.org.hk. Teen Time, Podcast On Demand. <laughs>